Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'll do my best George impression. Welcome to the Sunday edition, the week five guest the lines edition of the PFF forecast. Our, our pal George is currently at MetLife uh, walking out of the stadium with Taylor Swift, with with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, it's a celeb showdown with George Tahuri. So that's where he's at. Arjun and I coming to you live. I might just leave this Falcons Ritter fade comment on the show the entire hour and a half we're on here. Yeah, just free money uh, <laughs> for the last two weeks. So, yeah, welcome in, welcome in everybody. Um, Arjun and I are going to do the usual. A uh, couple reactions to week four. His Jets almost pull out a nail-biter. Uh, Zach Wilson did look very good this entire game, or most of this game, uh, which is pretty fascinating because Mahomes did not look good at all. Uh, and we'll dive into uh, some week five action. Any uh, any major takeaways for you this week, Arjun? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, uh, it was a pretty good week for the pod. I think just in general, all of us did pretty well on guess the lines, our locks article plays did pretty, uh, did pretty well. Um, honestly, the biggest takeaway for me is I am, I'm shocked by how bad the Bengals are this year. Um, you know, I, I was pretty high on them coming into the year. I had them as my second highest rated team. Um, but Burrow just look, looks like a shell of himself. It's, you know, with, with their receivers, you can always kind of get away with having a low A dot because Jamar, and Higgins were always really good at yak. They could turn a five-yard pass into a 20-yard pass, which is an explosive play. But it just seems so off this year. There's no, um, you know, Burrow's not able to use his mobility as much. I think Zach Taylor is trying to run the same offense he's been running with the old Joe Burrow, and you just can't do that. I think he's it's it's making life hard on Burrow. And honestly, this Bengals defense, I mean, Lou Anarumo, I, I was high on him, but I feel like his head coaching stock is plummeting at this point. I mean, giving up 27 points to the Titans without Peter Skaronsky and Traylon Burks. Um, you have Derrick Henry doing jump passes at the goal line on you. Uh, you know, they rushed for over, like, I think 160 yards. Like, it was just a bad showing all around from a, from a team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. And I think outside of Burroughs, you know, pretty healthy all around. Yeah, the has bailed him out so many times. And I think really the only game they've played well in is the Rams game. I think they've had three bad outings otherwise besides that game. Obviously, Rams get back in the win column with an overtime win. Uh, Puka Nakua continues his ridiculous, ridiculous start to his NFL career. Um, my takeaway, though, is I'm actually even more – I guess not more surprised because I didn't think the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to be Cincinnati Bengals level. But I know you and I, and we disagree with the GOAT, Judah Fortgang, who I hope people tailed his uh, uh, his tail outcome, C.J. Stroud slash Houston Texans alternate spread SGPs. Um, they all cashed, and I think it was over it was over 20 to 1 for the Stroud 300-plus passing yards and the Texans minus 5.5. Uh, the spread hit by a mile, obviously 30 to 6. Um, and Stroud, I think, had 306 passing yards, something like that. So so just narrowly got over the edge there. But, I mean, Pittsburgh's defense against four third-string offensive linemen to do nothing. I, I mean, they had zero sacks in the game, maybe one. Um, and, and really just not generate consistent pressure. PFF Bobby, Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator, we've been joking and saying his name like he might actually be a head coach next year at this rate if he keeps – going the way it's going in Houston. I think you'll get both Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard back next week at tackle. Um, so it's going to get even better. Uh, the defense also has a lot of young players. Stingley out right now. It should get even better. But the bigger story for me is Pittsburgh. I, I mean, this was the 
if this offense can't show signs of life against this Houston Texans defense that is missing a million players, their entire secondary basically out front, outside of Will Anderson, don't have a ton of talent, uh, and they did nothing. I mean, truly, truly nothing. Uh, we did give out a Najee Harris uh, rushing yards prop in the Discord that did cash for us. Yeah, because the uh, the Texans have a, a bad run defense. But uh, I'm not even sure. Game script was supposed to be part of that bet. Uh, and game script in no way, shape, or form helped us in that regard. But anyway, uh, it's looking like the AFC North is the, is the Baltimore Ravens, and I, I did not give them the respect they deserve. I, I can freely admit that, um, and I think that they could run away with it to a degree. Um, so yeah, any anything else for you? Um, no, I think I think we kind of covered, it, and I think we'll you know touch on some of the bigger points as we get into these games. Which I, I think there's a lot of interesting ones that I want to talk about. For sure. For sure. All right, I'm pulling up the sheet here. So, like you said, good week for the for the fellas. I went. I'm three and one so far. Three and zero oh so far. Excuse me. Uh, three and zero oh on week four with our favorite play of the week or my favorite play of the week. The over forty five tomorrow, which is now forty seven or forty seven and a half at most books. Um, ready. You're pulling up the sheet, right? So yeah, um, yeah. I have, so I have the week five one all set up. Um, Beautiful. So I, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do the uh, press like lines, like what the press is set, just because I think that's George mainly has the access to that. So yeah. I think it could be a little bit tricky. Um, yep, yep. No, George has all the data there and is in, in the file there. So we'll get that uh, on the Discord or something like that in the near future. But uh, all right, I got the sheet here. I also don't know how George shared it. Someone in the comments wants to let me know how to share a, sc a screen in the middle of a uh, stream yard. Brad, do you not have the present thing at the bottom? There we go. Sweet. All righty. Okay. All right. We got it. We're looking at it. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Beautiful. Thank you for updating it for us. All right. All right. Bear with us, folks. Yeah, we're back at it. We'll guess the lines action right out, right out of the gate. A beautiful Thursday matchup uh, with your Chicago Bears. Uh, uh, you faded them this week. Hey, you faded them this week, and, and somehow uh, that was your only loss of the entire week. So uh, the Bears got you there. But, yeah, so Chicago, we, we can dive into that game. A truly preposterous loss, but also I think one of the best tank losses I've seen in a very, very long time. Um, all right, what do you, what do you got the, uh, the the commies here on Thursday night? Yeah, I got commies minus six in this game. All right, I went minus five and a half. All righty, pull up. Yes, I'm seeing six. I mean, yeah, I'm seeing six across the board, basically, for this game. Yep. I see the same. All right, you got to play on it. Um, I don't, but I will say, like, I feel like I, I, I have a strong lean to the Commanders just because, like, like I think Sam Howell's like look, like I think as a passer, you take away the sack avoidance and all that. Strictly as a thrower of the football, Sam Howell is like actually like better than people give him credit for. The Bears, as we know, have zero pass rush. Uh, coming into the, today, they had one sack. I think like. Did they even have a sack today at all? Not in my recollection. And Russell Wilson yeah. is also, you know, infamously bad in that regard. But yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So, like, this is a Bears team that's not going to be able to get any pressure, even against a bad commander's offensive line. Um, you know, Sam Howell does a pretty good job of, of I think, like spreading the ball around. Uh, you know, this is the same commander's defensive line that kind of put the clamps on Justin Fields last year. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting a lot of pressure, especially on the interior. I feel like Nate, Nate Davis and Lucas Patrick have kind of struggled in that regard. So I have a very strong lean for the commanders, but I think I'm going to lay off in this one. Yeah, yeah. So how did still take five sacks today, but obviously, you know, good Bills defensive line that was good against Miami today. It goes up against the Eagles today, but 14 sacks in two weeks uh, is, is going to be a lot on the quarterback, no matter how you slice it. This defense caused a lot of problems for Chicago last year. I do think we probably get Tevin Jenkins off IR, and I would imagine right into the starting lineup for this game, but not saying that changes my opinion at all. I don't have a bet either. I mean, Chicago did show signs of life on offense. Um, you know, Justin Fields had an amazing first half, 
of course, then they'll had an ugly fumble sack and, and, and a couple bad throws in the second half. But, yeah, I have no play here, but I think Washington um, would be my lean as well. All righty. So this one, next game we got here is Jacksonville-Buffalo. I think a little bit tricky here. I think this might get bet in a funny way by people because they see Jaguars at Bills. This is in London, and the Jaguars are obviously, I would assume, just going to stay in London. So, yes, this is a quote-unquote home game for Buffalo. Um, They're traveling to a different country. Jacksonville is hanging out in the pubs after an easy W over Atlanta. Uh, What do you have to spread here? I have this as Bills minus six. I went Bills minus five and a half. So I'm with you there. So real quick on that one. The Jaguars, we talked about a little bit today. I I think the Jaguars just did not trust their offensive line. They obviously did well when throwing down the field. Trevor Lawrence was four or five for, I think, 80 yards. And the score to Calvin Ridley. But they just abandoned pushing the ball downfield. And as much as we don't necessarily love Press Taylor, I do think to a degree they just don't trust this O-line. That said, though, Cam Robinson, the left tackle, flew to London because he is kind of a weird scenario. He is now eligible to return from his suspension. I want to say his was PEDs. Um, so he's back. But the reason why I think it's a massive deal is not only do you get Cam Robinson back at left tackle, and look, he's like an average left tackle. He's not a superstar. But you improve two spots because now I think Walker Little or Anton Harrison, whoever, kicks inside to guard um, – and the left guard spot has been the problem, the biggest problem so far for Jacksonville. So I think it is fairly meaningful. Um, that said, like, well, first of all, what do you have for the actual spread here? Um, yes, I'm seeing it's kind of I'm seeing four and a half in most places. FanDuel has it at five and a half. I believe Circa has it at six and a half, um, which is interesting. But it, like MGM, DraftKings, Caesars, they all have it at four and a half. So I think we we should make this four and a half. Yeah, I agree. I'm seeing four and a half at most books. That is interesting on Circa, though, for for obvious reasons. Okay. Um, you got a bet here? Yeah, this is an easy uh, Buffalo play for me. Um, I mean, this this was like just a dominant Buffalo performance, and this was one that I needed to see. Not only offensively, I need, I, I need to see Josh Allen kind of turn back the clock and go back to that MVP form. But defensively, I mean, they had, you know, after the first half, like they put the clamps on Tua very hard. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is also me kind of fading my initial preseason narratives about the Jags. Like, like you talked about, I'm just not impressed with their offense really at all. Um, I I don't think you're going to be able to win against the bills kind of just going quick game or run on early downs. Um, the one thing that gives me a little bit of a pause, Trey white torn Achilles, I believe against Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk, like that might be uh, a little bit worrisome, but I mean, the bills have drafted cornerbacks, you know, they have Kyrie Elam, who doesn't even really play. He's probably, I mean, he's definitely a downgrade from Trey White, but this is a very deep secondary. And they did all of that to Tua today without Jordan Poyer, who is one of their leaders of that defense. So I, I really like the the Bills in the spot. I don't really see how the Jags defense is going to slow down the Bills offense either. Um, and yeah, this is this is probably going to be one of my biggest bets of the whole, you know, weeks, week five, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The side of the ball you just mentioned at the end there, I think is even more kind of why I'm with you. Uh, I'm riding the Bills with you in this one is. I mean, they again, they, they obviously held the, the Falcons to six points today, but that doesn't really mean much of anything to me. Um, I, I struggle to see how this Jaguars defense is going to stop the Buffalo Bills offense much at all. Um, you know, Josh Allen did have a couple sacks today, that that being Jaguars-Josh Allen. We do get a, a matchup of Josh Allens uh, in, in this one, so so that'll be fun. But, but yeah, coming into this game, Jacksonville was 30th, I want to say, in pressure rate. I think 30th also in pass rush win rate. It was like them, Denver, and Chicago were really doing nothing. Um, and so, yeah, like him and Trayvon Walker both had a couple uh, couple sacks, pressures today, whatever. But um, I don't think you're going to see the same thing against Josh Allen. Um, I think they're going to score a bunch. And I still have question marks about this Jags offensive line. So, yeah, I, I am riding with you on that one. All right, we're on the board. I do have one bet, by the way. George has a one, one particular bet. You probably could guess what it is before you even get to it. Uh, but uh, that'll be his contribution to guess the lines is just hammering one <laughs> one spread that yeah, he loves. Yeah. All right. Next, we're on to sure. Houston, our Houston Texans at not our Atlanta Falcons. What do you got this one at? Yeah, so this one I went uh, – I went, I went uh, Texans plus three. I went two and a half. So Atlanta minus two and a half. And I think I'm seeing two and a half everywhere. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing as well. And I love, I know we're not, I'm not trying to overreact here, but 
Like I mm-hmm. talked top of the show, you know, I think it's not just it's not just betting on a Houston good performance or a good couple performances. I think we're getting both starting tackles back for this game. Um, and I mean, you know, the interior is the bigger issue. And Atlanta's defense, you know, I've already said it before in the show. I think Atlanta's defense actually is a pretty good unit. Uh, I kind of, you know, trashed their growth and 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 you know additions from this offseason making that big of a difference. I think they are a pretty solid unit, but they just cannot score. Um, yeah. And they're not better than the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, you know, which which Houston just carved up. So uh, this is a no brainer teaser leg to get the Texans out to eight and a half here for me. Okay, I want to pitch over forty one and a half to you. Ooh, okay. Talk I me. so like I think the Steelers defense is better than the Falcons defense, or yeah, better than the Falcons defense. Um, their pass rush is definitely better, the Steelers, and CJ Stroud completely carved them up today. Um, I also, you know, I think CJ Stroud's looked pretty comfortable. I, you know, Atlanta might get a might get a pass rush, but like you said, Houston could be getting both tackles back for this game. Also, I mean, the Texans right now are um, near the bottom of the league in terms of defending the run. Uh, and we know all Arthur Smith wants to do on early downs is, is run the ball. Um, I think this could be a big Bijan game. You know, he's, it's all it's all big Bijan games, but this could be a game I think we really see him like thrive on early downs. I think we could get a lot of points here just because you know Houston can't stop the run really, and then uh, I, I think Houston's offense has looked really good to the point where I don't think the Falcons' defense will give them much of a struggle. So I kind of like forty one over forty one and a half and. Uh, taking it over with Desmond Mitter, which that's an understatement uh, that it's going to, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but I think, I think it, it should go over. Here's where I'm at. So first of all, I'm adding this comment. Uh, I love this comment. Cause I do, this is my main concern, even though I still do like it with you. Um, I've mentioned before Atlanta near the bottom of the NFL, the Shanahan tree near the bottom of the NFL. Houston has actually been fairly decent, but I think, when you adjust for game script, I think they actually are relatively slow. They've just been better at pace of play from a neutral standpoint because there's a lot of garbage time in their first couple of weeks of gameplay. So that does concern me. But from a matchup standpoint, yeah, I mean, look, if Najee Harris is averaging over five yards a carry, then Bijan Robinson might average 20 yards a carry, uh, you know, by the transitive property in this matchup. So, um, yeah, I, I wrote it up in the article. They were dead last in EPA per rush allowed, and I think 29th or 30th. Um, in success rate against the run. So I'm, I'm going to join it with you. I, I do think pace of play is the one thing here. It's a little bit scary. Um, but I, I think this number is low enough that we can overcome it. Uh, so let's do it. Let's ride it. We've been – the totals have treated us well, too. I think we uh, – yeah. that's, been, that's been good to us. All righty. All right, next up, interesting one, another rookie quarterback. Uh, who continues to struggle a bit? Maybe not his fault as much today. Uh, I know you. It was, he had a privileged player too <laughs> at some point. Um, the fumble was obviously tough. Whenever DJ Wanham's housing it, you, you know you're doing something wrong. Uh, what do you have, Carolina at Detroit? Yeah, I went uh, Panthers plus nine in this one. Yeah, I went eight and a half. Detroit laying eight and a half. So obviously we get Detroit off a Thursday game. I mean a Thursday blowout. Brian Branch, I think, should be fine. I know he got dinged up in that game, but I think he's playing from Carolina's standpoint. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't recall any any notable injuries that happened in that game. I think we're just getting uh, – I mean, look, Detroit is is becoming a very good football team in all facets of, of play. Uh, I think they're right now the number one team in success rate against the run, which is insane because their, their run defense last year through the first month of the season was historically bad, like one of the worst we've ever seen. Uh, another top 10 in EPA per rush allowed and first in success rate. And they've played some teams that can run the football in the last two weeks um, in Atlanta and Green Bay and totally shut them down. So um, I think there's no help in that regard for Bryce Young. you know. And I think that Detroit is going to be able to pick on this Carolina defense. That is solid. It made some plays today. I mean, Kirk, the, the ball to Sam Franklin was just gift-wrapped. Um, and then credit to him for running running 90 yards and trying to make a tackle. Uh, but then got sent to Jupiter on a block by whoever that was. So anyway, um, is this a player for you, a teaser leg? Uh, to, well, first of all, what do you have it at? Uh, and then uh, what, what are you thinking? Yeah, so I have it at minus nine or uh, yeah, lines minus nine. Um, I mean, if it, if, if it gets below nine where it is teasable, I'm definitely taking it. I'm seeing I'm seeing eight and a half everywhere. So this is okay, easy teaser teaser leg for me. 
I might just, you know, tease it with Houston, but I'm not going to, we could find another teaser like elsewhere, but the easy teaser, like for me um, right now, I mean, you talked about the Lions run defense being uh, near, you know, tied with the Browns and perimeter success rate. The Panthers have the lowest rush EPA and allowed and the second lowest or the, they've allowed the second, they've allowed the worst rush EPA and they have the second worst uh, rushing success rate allowed. My biggest qualm I don't know if I said that correctly. Ben Johnson is um, he? I, th- I thought he ran the ball too much with David Mon- Montgomery in early downs. I mean, Montgomery had like 30 carries. I thought they should have mixed in some more play action. I think they were playing with the lead, so he got kind of conservative. But he wants to run the ball in early downs. The Panthers are going to let him. Remember, Edro Evero coming from that Fangio Staley light boxes on early downs, too high scheme. The Lions are going to be able to impose their will. They have 10 days to get healthy. I mean, that offensive line went into that Packers game kind of banged up and, you know, again, 10 days to rest, going to be at home. The easy teaser, like for me, I don't really see the Lions losing this. Bryce Young is, again, I, I think Bryce Young and Desmond Ritter might be the two worst uh, starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and I don't think that's an understatement. Um, so, yeah, I, this is an easy yeah, easy teaser, like for me. Yeah, after Zach Wilson's performance tonight, I think he just he just pulled oh, yeah. himself out of that class, out of that oh, tier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, I mean, I'm with you 110%. Um, you know, the, the Averro thing is a good point. I mean, he has been phenomenal. The Denver's defense is just it's, – it's remarkable how, how they've gone from last year to this year. Um, yeah, Monty obviously was at 32 carries. I think it was 3.8 yards per clip on 32 carries. I think it was game script related. I mean, it was a 24-3, to 3, like in the first quarter. So, I think they were just bleeding clock and, and not even really trying to be too creative. We also get – I just remember this. We get a little J-Mo Williams. Hashtag free J-Mo is upon us. So – um you stretch the field a little bit maybe that helps out i think in attacking you know over the middle underneath jared goff's been phenomenal throwing between the numbers this year i've been phenomenal on play action all those things you just mentioned if you do need to see more of it um which i think you will it's a step up in class against the uh in defense you know joe barry and ajiro vero is uh is pretty far on the end of the spectrum in terms of defensive play cars in the nfl right now as well so yep i'm with you on that one all right we got the titans at the indianapolis colts big afc south matchup what do you got I went with a pick'em for this game. I was right in that area, and I think I have three other pick'ems. There's a lot of close spreads this week, but I went the Colts plus one and a half. Assumption here being Anthony Richardson. I don't see why he wouldn't play in this game again. Obviously, had some good moments today. Had, had an absurd throw where he was getting hit uh, and still oh, yeah. delivered like a 30-yard strike to Alec gorgeous. Pierce. Yeah, you saw that throw? Yeah, yeah. that was preposterous. Um, you know, it was like 11 for 25, but still averaged eight yards per attempt, uh, which is hilarious considering the completion percentage. So a lot of good, a little bit of bad. Um, I-, I love the defensive line matchup for the Colts. We've been talking about it a bunch. Obviously, d- couldn't deliver for them today, but but Tennessee's offensive line, um, you know, has been a privilege. They get Nicholas Pettit Frere back, who I think will be their starting right tackle. I'm not sure how meaningful that is, but but it is a, a fact of the matter regardless. Um, I'm seeing Colts Colt plus minus. one at DraftKings. What, what are you saying? I'm seeing minus one in m- most places for the Colts, okay. Caesars, MGM. FanDuel has a uh, Colts minus one and a half, but it's trending want, one. Want to split so, the difference and just do a pick them, or what do you think? I, I'm seeing more Colts Colt minus, minus one. one. Yeah, right. so I would. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Neither one teasable. So not really can't really take advantage, but okay. You got to play here. Um, I, I don't, this is a really interesting game. I mean, we, the Titans have owned the Colts under the, uh, Vrabel, uh, you know, the Vrabel regime, um, so to say. And like the one, this gives me a lot of interesting dynamics because the Titans are so good at stopping the run. Um, you know, so I don't really think Anthony, Richardson's legs are going to be as effective in this game and he's going to have to win with his arm. And, you know, I've been kind of fading that narrative that he can, you know, the Colts can win with him having a heavy passing volume, but like, he's not like bad. Like he's actually like kind of impressing me sometimes. Like, like you said, that throw was, was really good. Um, Didn't put the ball in harm's way. Zero turnover worthy plays for Richardson today. He's not going to end up that well grading. I mean, he also had like a 44% completion percentage, which I know that isn't the best stat to kind of look at. Uh, for quarterbacks, but um, I I just think he you know he's capable of kind of leading an offense. And we talk about the tight ends corners, right? Like McCreary's five eleven. I don't. It's, I'm not sure Fulton is healthy. 
Um, but you look at like who's who backs him up, and then you have like Elijah Molden and then Sean Murphy Bunting. They're all under six foot. You have six three Alec Pierce, you have like six four Michael Pittman, then you have the burner and Josh Downs. I think if the if the Colts are gonna win this game, it's gonna be through Richardson's arm. And I don't know if I fully trusted yet to to back the Colts who have kind of impressed me in the in this like three game stretch. But um yeah, I, I just think this is a very interesting game just because of the divisional dynamics and also how the Colts, I think, have to win this game if if they do pull it off. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think also I want to see more with Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith, some of the injuries. Um, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, if he's going up against a backup center uh, with Anthony Richardson, who was very good in college at pressure to sack rate. I, I think he has, but a little bit at the NFL level, holding onto the ball a bit too long. But I'm with you. I would love to bet him, but, but I don't have the confidence there yet. Uh, I think this one could be very ugly to the 42 number. We've been, we've been hammering divisional unders in the, in the low 40s, but uh, I'm not sure I like it, but but it is intriguing. All right, let's move right along here. All right, Miami came back down to earth. Uh, no longer a juggernaut, or maybe they still are, but but not to the same degree. Taking on the New York football giants. What do you got here? I went, um, I went Dolphins minus nine and a half. Okay, I went eight and a half. Obviously, we have the Giants playing tomorrow night against the our Seattle Seahawks. All righty. What are you seeing here? I'm seeing nine and a half across the board. Yeah, me too. All right. You got to play on it? I, I would love to bet the Dolphins here, but their defense has been so bad that I feel like the Giants could, you know, backdoor, put up points. But, look, this is, like, just an awful matchup for – the Giants, like we, we, you know, referencing our friend Judah, like this, this is a, a matchup the Dolphins are just designed to be. You're not like if Wink Bardendale blitzes on over 50%, it's over. Tyreek and Waddle, there's no one on the Giants defense that can keep up with them. Uh, Tua is getting the ball out in under 2.5 seconds on almost every play. Um, you know, it, it's just I, I don't see how the Giants stop them. But also the, the Dolphins defense just look just been pretty bad recently. So, again, I think nine and a half is a lot of points. The Dolphins offense I'm not too concerned about. I think the Bills defense is just a bad matchup. Um, but if, if this does get bet down to eight and a half, it's an easy teaser like for me. It's just like the Lions. Yeah, so my only thought here, everything I agree with, obviously, from a coverage standpoint, the Giants' corners are not very talented and banged up or have been. They have obviously had a lot of time to rest from that Thursday game against San Fran. But I think running off tackle. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau has been terrible. Now, Aziz Ojolari has been banged up. They trade for Boogie Basham from the Bills, who obviously the connection to Joe Shane. But I've tweeted this too many times. It's probably annoying to hear me say it again. But I, they just ignored the edge position for a D coordinator that, that blitzes more than anyone. It made no sense to me. And then – you know, Bobby Okereke is a good player, but is is exposable as a coverage linebacker, I think, at times, um, as is the rest of the unit. This is obviously – this is probably too late, but I think maybe there is value one more week in props on our guy, Devon Achan, who now is the leading rusher in the AFC, by the way, with like two games played and like 18 total carries. But um, I, I say that because Raheem Mostert, I, I think, still is probably like – viewed as the lead guy because you know mcdaniel trusts him and knows him and, and he's this established wily vet he fumbled twice today and i think mm -hmm. um like and really like was just not you know taking care of the football that's the reason why you'd play him over a, a young rookie again wait till the numbers come out we'll see what they actually come out at but like maybe one more week where the books are a little bit cautious and think maybe mostert eats into a lot of the snaps and a chan's only going to get he get 11 touches today like we might, we might we might get the like twenty touch HN game with a with some with some player props that fall kind of you know as a hedge um, of him getting you know that that same twelve touch workload. I'm keeping an eye on that, but yeah, otherwise no play for me here. All right, we talked about the AFC North coming into the show. We got the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe the worst offense in the NFL. You know through the, through the first month of the season. Maybe what do you got here? <laughs> I, I I went Ravens minus four. Let's see here. So did I. Right on right on four. Right. I'm seeing a three and a half. Yeah, me too. Three and a half. Almost. So everywhere. you and I use this exact same dumb narrative logic going into this week. I'm glad it's you and I, <laughs> not anybody else. But we're like. You know, Mike Tomlin against the banged up Houston Texans team. This is why he always goes nine and eight or better. Yada yada yada. 
I in my mind I'm thinking like, all right, you just got absolutely embarrassed. I, I threw this out. I think this is well, yeah, we'll get to yeah, I think it might be Mitchell Trubisky, which I, I even I'll admit this might actually be an upgrade at this point over Kenny Pickett. But maybe, man. I think it's I'm not, not even gonna lie, if this is Pickett, I probably would have put like five and a half instead of uh, maybe not a point and a half. Maybe it would have done four and a half instead of four. Um, but yeah, so but anyway, the narrative in my head right now is like, okay, Mike Tomlin, maybe the worst, I think it's probably the worst performance by a Pittsburgh Steelers team in our lifetimes. Like, that's how bad I think that th- today was. I mean, look, have they had bad losses? Sure. Have they been blown out by division rivals or stuff like that? Sure. You go on the road to a Houston Texans team that is missing everyone and get demolished on both sides of the football. And therefore, I think everyone and their mother is going to bet on the Ravens. And then the Steelers are going to come out and have just an all-time effort game, yada, yada, yada. So that, that is in the back of my mind. Um, and, yeah, I do think you could probably make an argument we're getting a QB upgrade. Uh, anyway, you, you have any thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I, I betting on the Ravens kind of on the road here is a little bit tricky. Um, all the Steelers-Ravens games are close. Like last year, both games were decided by two and three points. But also both games are played without Lamar Jackson, who I think is is playing – uh, pretty well this year, all all things considered. Uh, the throw he had to Mark Andrews in the back of the end zone—I mean, that was some—that was very, very nice. Um, I also don't know if if the Steelers' offense is better than the than the Browns' offense with DTR, which is saying something. And I also want to point out when you have Antonio Brown roasting your offensive coordinator on Twitter, uh, that is not a good look. <laughs> so, Matt Canada catching all that smoke from Antonio Brown. Uh, it only added fuel to my fire that I want to be betting the Ravens here. Um, look, it was hilarious. The, the past two weeks or the, the two weeks before this week, I, I had that graphic where like I'm looking at the net success rates of teams that win games and lose games. And the Steelers for in week three and in week two had a net success rate of, of below like negative 10%, which means they were successful on less than 10 on. There was, they were successful 10% less of the time than the opposing than the Raiders and Browns. And it finally caught up with them. This is a terrible offense. This defense, you know, Watt and Highsmith are great, but they still don't have Cam Hayward. The Ravens are doing all of this still banged up as hell and they could be getting guys back. You know, you never know. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be betting the Ravens here. And, and this is a Ravens team that I think is pretty determined and a Steelers team that I think is really, really bad. Yeah. Very, very bad. I mean, this is big for Baltimore too. You get what would it be three wins against the AFC North in the last four mm-hmm. weeks or, or even just three straight. Do they just play Cincy? So yeah, I mean, you pretty much, uh, I think like take a huge lead in the division, everything you just said. I mean, Mike McDonald versus Matt Canada is one of the biggest coaching mismatches in, in the entire NFL at this point. Yes. Baltimore is banged up, but I would imagine we might get, you know, Ronnie Stanley or Tyler Linderbaum or both back in this game. You go Marlon Humphrey, someone's saying, uh, has been in the facility, could be back, and he was dealing with the foot surgery. It was supposed to be around a month coming into the season. We did have Marcus Williams finally play again today, so they're getting some players back in the fold. You know, Rashad Bateman was kind of a non-factor to begin with anyway. Odell maybe gets back in the mix here. So I am, against all of my intuition, going to join this one with you. Um, yeah, it, it's just, I, I don't know, the back of my mind is just like, is it going to be a Mike Tomlin classic? But uh, yeah, in terms of any, any everything else, I mean – Baltimore's performance against Cleveland's defense today, too, was by far the best performance we've seen yeah. any team against that defense so far this year. Yes, obviously a small sample size. And yes, they had to overcome, you know, a rookie making his debut in, in Dorian Thompson Robinson. But I mean, yeah, on paper, these teams are, are not particularly close. Um, but yeah, and, and Mitchell Trubisky, while he might be an upgrade, I mean, Mike McDonald's still going to put that man in the blender, yeah. uh, just like he did DTR today. So, all right, next one up. Interesting one. I'm curious where you have this one at. We got the birds uh, going to LA to play the Rams. Yep. And I went Eagles minus four and a half. Same thing for me already. So I'm seeing five and a half. Me too. Five. Yeah, I'm seeing five and a half trending five. I think. Okay. Fandles. So like minus 115 on the, uh, for the Rams. Yeah. yeah. We'll just throw we'll throw out a five and a half. Doesn't really matter between those two. Um, yeah. yeah. So Rams great first half. Uh, obviously, you know, let the Colts back into that game uh, and went to overtime and had the Puka Nakua touchdown. Birds continue. They're four and zero. I can't keep saying this. They're four and zero, and it's like an unimpressive four and zero. I mean, you know, the Commanders. 
looked good in this game, moved the ball well. For me, my takeaway is just this secondary in Philadelphia is a problem. I, I think it's going to be a weekly problem. You have Josh Joby now on the outside with, with Bradbury and in the slot. And Joby was getting picked on this entire game. Um, I kind of like the over 47 here uh, more than the spread for either side. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna propose that we should get Cooper Cup back, right? Um, which will be he, potentially yes or no? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure. No, I don't know. I have no clue. Okay. Yeah. Even without that, I think you know Puka is just such a good receiver at, at this point. Um, I think the other issue I think I have with that would be Stafford did kind of get banged up. I mean, I was like you know switching between that game and other games. But I did seem to see a lot of like Rams beat writers or people who cover the Rams say like, oh, Stafford Turner, like take him out. Couldn't really take him out because the Colts were coming back. But it did seem like he was kind of banged up. And um, look, man, I, I watched that Bengals defensive line tear up that Rams offensive line. And I know the Rams lost some guys in the middle of that Bengals game. But I just like this Eagles defensive line scares me too much to where I feel like the Rams offensive line could just get overpowered at that point. Um yeah, so I, I I will stay away from the over, even though I think I would really like it if Cooper Cup came back. And I, I understand all that points, but I think the trench matchups kind of worry me in this game uh, against the Rams. So real quick on that one. So, I mean, I, I echo everything you said there. The reason why I have more faith in that unit probably is the Niners game. But the Niners, like even today against Arizona, weren't all that impressive. I thought Paris Johnson did a really good job against Bosa. Um, Hargrave had a sack, but I think it was the only sack of the game. And we did see Josh Dobbs take off. I think he had like eight or nine scrambles, 12 total carries. So, but yeah, that, that, that Niners defensive line, I know they're, again, they're 4-0 and they're dominant, but like the Giants game was obviously an, an absolute massacre. But I don't know. Should I should I have less, like be leaning on the Rams in a positive just because they had that good outing? Is that more of a Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, like knowing your opponent type thing? Or I don't know, any, any thoughts there? No, I, I that, that's a good, that's a good point. Um like, I mean, how, I don't know how much has changed from that game. Like, again, outside of, I think, the injury, potentially to Stafford and, and him being a little bit hobbled throughout the week. Um, I guess the other point with this would be, like, the Rams' defense, I think, has been playing above their talent level. Um, but in this game against A.J. Brown, like, we've seen A.J. Brown kind of dominate bad secondary – or, like, just, like, dominate his matchup. We saw that today, 170 yards, six catches, like, two touchdowns, like – I, I kind of had that same worry against the Bengals, which is why, you know, when I took the Rams, I was like, okay, I feel a little bit good about this, but also I know that Jamar Chase can go off for like 150 against Akello Witherspoon, Jacoby Duran, and, you know, whoever else is playing. I, I get that same feeling with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, which, again, that, that just gives me pause against betting against the Eagles in this game. Um, yeah, th that would be the kind of the only thing, I think, that, that changed outside of the – after the Niners game. Gotcha. I'm doing the asterisk on the that's that's a Matthew Stafford health asterisk because I do think and this also was gonna be a topic I was gonna bring up. I don't think it's that interesting of a topic, but and Stafford probably is the king of this, where there were a bunch of quarterbacks that that pushed so hard to play this week. Derek Carr, the main one that pissed me off. Like you're an active detriment to your team. No, but like you play, I get you want to be tough, you're making a lot of money, you wanna be there for the team. Like I respect all of those things. I don't know, maybe maybe it's more the coach's fault and the organization's fault than the player, but, like, you couldn't do anything. I mean, Alvin Kamara had 14 targets. Like, how is that better than the coach saying, you know what, we, we pay a backup quarterback for a reason. We're going to put in him in instead because he can actually throw the ball five yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Uh, I'm blanking. There was another quarterback who was in the same scenario. I don't know. Stafford probably does that more than anyone. He's going <laughs> to trot out there and then just be, yeah. like, be under siege. So, anyway, that, those, are, those are Stafford asterisks on that one. All right, moving on. Speaking of the New Orleans Saints and, and Derek Carr, we have the Saints going to the New England Patriots. A uh, real privilege of a quarterback matchup here. Derek Carr against maybe Bailey Zappi, maybe McCorkle gets back in the fold. Uh, what do you got here? I'm just going to say whatever this thing is, even if I'm off market, I'm not betting this game. I'm not touching this game at all. Um, I have this at Saints plus one, though. How happy are you that we didn't take the Saints for the fourth week in a row in Circa? Oh yeah, no, I <laughs> I'm so glad. Like I bet with betting on Derek Carr and Pete Carmichael is just I I couldn't I couldn't do it couldn't do it couldn't do it and thankfully because they got annihilated. Yeah, it is Zappy Hour as they say. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe it's Zappy Hour in New England. I mean, McCorkle was horrendous today. Like throwing 
late in the shot clock, across his bot or across the field, like they're like very easy interceptions. These weren't tip passes. These weren't flukes or or you know bad plays. He was doing elementary level Zach Wilson level stuff that you just don't do. And then he has you know no arm strength you know to begin with. So he was horrendous. I mean, maybe we do get some Zappy Hour. I doubt it, but uh, he was about as bad as you could be. I'm sure his grade is going to be terrible because, uh, like I said, it wasn't anyone's fault but his own. I'm seeing Patriots at minus one on DraftKings. What are you saying? Yeah, I'm I'm seeing Pats minus one kind of across the board. Yeah. One and a half in some places, but um, I, I don't even feel comfortable teasing the Saints at this point. So, look, I, okay, sp- stay, stay on the topic of the Saints. If, if you okay, if you went up to someone and you said Alvin Kamara had a 13 for 33 game, you would kind of assume that's 13 rushes, 33 carries, or thir- 13 rushes for 33 rushing yards, right? And that, that's a pretty bad game. It's even worse when you consider it was 13 catches for 33 yes. yards and 58 yard, yards after catch. Like his average at the target was negative 1.4. And look, I'm going to be honest. I'm an honest guy. I did not watch a single snap of this game because I did not want to watch Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield play football. And I looked at the stat line after the game and I saw that stat line from Kamara. I'm sure all his fantasy fantasy owners are super happy and every analyst that touted him over the offseason is, is, you know, jumping up and down in circles. But that is like that is not what Sean Payton envisioned when he drafted Alvin Kamara. And I'm just like Pete Carmichael, like you studied under Sean Payton for years and this is what you're doing to him. 13 catch catches for 33 yards. Like it, I just I couldn't fathom watching that game and seeing all of that. And I'm glad I didn't turn on a second of that game just because that is, that is just an irresponsible way to use one of the league's best weapons. Yeah. You'll love this stat from Greg Oman, uh, who works at, I want to say Fox sports. Yeah. He covers the entire NFC South for Fox sports at Greg Oman. Great uh, Twitter account. That's Greg a U M a N. Saints Alvin Kamara had 13 catches today for 33 yards, 2.5 yards per catch. It's the 200th game in NFL history where a player had 13-plus catches. The previous low in receiving yards was 71 yards. Kamara had <laughs> less than half of that. Like, that might be an unbreakable NFL record. I mean, like, it truly oh, – we may have witnessed history today uh, with Derek Carr, Pete Carmichael, and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, if you're in a full PPR league, you don't give a flying rat's ass about that. But uh, if you wanted to watch good offensive football, that is not what you got. Uh, from there. So yeah, I had to shout out that stat. I had that one queued up. I'm not betting this game in any conceivable way. And just like you, outside of Red Zone, which you probably won't make it on Red Zone, I probably won't watch it next week either. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. All right. Next up, we got a fascinating game to me. I had no idea where to put this spread. I'm guessing I could be way, way off. Cincinnati Bengals go on the road to Arizona, the frisky, plucky Arizona Cardinals. What do you make it? I went Bengals minus four. So I went three and a half. Here was my thinking here. Uh, Arizona was like not the score wasn't great. It was 35-16 final score. It was at, mm-hmm. at certain times a bit out of hand. It was 21-3 today. San Francisco, they got back to 21-16 with five minutes to go in the third quarter. But you look at the numbers. Arizona had 5.4 yards per play, which is like a slightly below average to average performance. But against the Niners, it's like an above average performance. And then they had five different drives of 10 plus plays. And okay, I think like half of those didn't even lead to a field goal. But for me, it was Drew Petzing and Josh Dobbs are able to sustain drives against these very good defenses. Michael Wilson, the rookies coming along, Marquise Brown healthy now had nine catches in this game. Um, you know, the tight ends are involved. Like for me, if we do get a bounce back Bengals performance, they're obviously not as good as San Francisco. And I just think, I don't know, like, they're not going to have that many 10-plus play drives again, but their will, their ability to not rely on the explosives and still be hanging in a lot of these games, I, I think, you know, we talk about the drive quality metric and all those things. Like, this is not a fluky team. This is a well-coached football team that is at a talent, you know, disadvantage in every Sunday. But coaching matters a ton, um, and, and they're proving that every every week. So, anyway, any, any bet thoughts from you? No, I'm, I'm not going to bet this game, but I, th- I echo – Kind of all your thoughts. By the way, I'm seeing this four and a half. I think everywhere. Four and a half. Um, okay. Which, I, yeah, I think that's a fair line. I, I don't like. I don't really know which way that's going to trend. Um, but I, I think the big issue with this game against the Niners is it was just a skill issue. Like the the, the Cardinals are just not equipped to kind of handle Ayuk, Debo, McCaffrey, and Kittle all healthy. 
Um, and the Bengals are not going to have T Higgins right next week. That's, that's kind of big. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I think Gannon's put on some good game plans at times. Uh, he's definitely, he's not even calling the plays, um, but it feels like the defenses under him this year, or I guess whoever the DC, uh, Rowlett, Nick Rallis, right? Like he's way more aggressive than, than Gannon is. Like we've seen, like Gannon in Philly, he'll never run like one of those amoeba fronts, you know, the fronts where you just have the guys kind of just rotating all over the place. Like, I, and you know, the, the Bengals, uh, pass protection issues like were pretty bad today. There were times where Burrow was just getting clobbered on some of these blitzes. Um, so I think they could honestly struggle against some of this Arizona pressure schemes. Um, and yeah, I mean, Big Lou is not, you know, his defenses aren't up to standard. The Bengals are 24th in EPA per play allowed, 26th in e success rate allowed. So I wouldn't even be surprised if the Cardinals kind of move the ball at will against this Bengals defense. Yeah, the Amoeba video or Dak Prescott from last week just staying <laughs> there pre-snap and then just calls a timeout because awesome. he has absolutely awesome. no idea what he's looking at. Yeah, I mean, I, credit to those guys like Dennis Gardak, Cam Thomas, like Victor DiMichele. Like they've, they've had some some good play, um, and they've had like the missing Buda Baker. He's been out. But yeah, the T Higgins thing almost makes me want to bet Cincy because I think they're just going to bracket Jamar Chase on every single snap. Um, they don't have tight ends. Tyler Boyd is a guy like i don't think he's anything special joe mixon like your, your guy your guy kaiser white looking good like they have they, oh, yeah. i want to bet this i'm not going to but i also like the, the narrative this is like a get right spot for cincy I, i'm not buying that in any way shape or form um i'm definitely not betting the bengals and i wish i had the stones to bet the, the cardinals but i don't um all righty we got your new york jets coming off a an impressive outing uh, at the oh the the Nathaniel Hackett revenge game at the Denver Broncos. What do you got? Uh, I went Jets plus one and a half. Okay, yeah, I we're on, we're on the same page this week, which is different than uh, so far this year. I am all same line. <laughs> Broncos minus one and a half. Um, as I was watching the game, I did change this though. Uh, I had it at uh, Broncos plus one and a half. Or sorry, excuse me. I had it at Denver minus two and a half. Shaded towards the field goal, moved it down a little bit. Did Zach? Let's go there. What did you see from Zach Wilson? Did he impress you? Is it sustainable? Are they going to let him play a little more freely? Throw a bunch of back shoulder balls? What did you see? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Zach Wilson was was pretty good today. Um, didn't put the ball in harm's way like I think people are kind of accustomed to. I think I think the game plan today of really just getting the ball to Garrett Wilson was was something that I was finally hoping for. Like I know eight catches for fifty six yards isn't something that, you know, is, is a very efficient day, but again, helps you staying ahead of the sticks and it's better than being in third and long on every single damn play. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, again, like, again, the main thing with Wilson is like taking care of the ball, no turnovers right now, no turnover worthy plays. And of course that fumble was really bad. And I mean, the Jets defense, they, they held Mahomes like they, holding Mahomes to 23 points is very impressive. Uh, and, you know, they kind of, the Chiefs got bailed out on that last drive with you know phantom holding call and then Mahomes' legs. But Russell Wilson, like, I mean, he's using his legs a little bit more here and there, but it's not Mahomes level. It's it's really not. And um, you know, I think the 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 uh, Broncos are not fully built on explosive plays, but like I, I don't know if they're EPA like again, they had a great performance today, but it's against the Bears defense, right? And the Jets are a completely different tier. Like they're in another like league compared to the Bears. So, oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I had the, I, like I said, I had this at one and a half. I'm seeing two and a half trending three. Yep. I don't know if that's like updated after the game. Like I'm just looking at bet stamp right now. But either way, um, I am taking the Jets like straight up on the money line. I'll take the points also. But I, I am I am buying the Hackett revenge game. I think this, this is going to be a fired up Jets locker room after their performance today and i think they come out guns a blazing and uh and go into denver to win this game i think they saw enough as well where like they're gonna play hard on both sides of the ball that because they actually think zach wilson can keep them in a football game because i really do think he did enough tonight obviously they lose obviously had the fumble which was you know the snap was fine he kind of just took his his eyes away and was looking downfield but like the defense looked listless in the beginning. It was 17 nothing. They kind of, I mean, DJ Reed probably wasn't going to catch Isaiah Pacheco, but just pulled up at the five yard line. Like there was, there was little, you know, hints of that. And, and then I think once Zach Wilson sustained a couple drives, you saw like Quincy Williams playing with his hair on fire, like a lot of great plays. Jermaine Johnson had a good game. Um, 
debatably got held. I thought it was, I don't know, him and Donovan Smith, I thought it was a bit overblown, the whole refereeing thing there. But what are your thoughts on, and this this sounds crazy as I say it, the total here of 41. The Denver defense is horrendous. Like, it's imp- like Justin Fields completed 16 straight passes to start this game. He said he tied a Bears record today. Um, DJ Moore being shadowed by Sertan was irrelevant. Uh, coming into this game, Damari Mathis was our lowest-graded cornerback in the entire NFL. Uh, and uh, Sang Bassi was our fifth-lowest-graded cornerback in the NFL. They have no pass rush whatsoever. I think that th- this version of Zach Wilson, and maybe I'm lost in the sauce, like this version of Zach Wilson should be able to score 25 points against this Broncos defense. And then as good as the Jets defense is, which is very, very good, I mean, look, we have four weeks now. Like you said, there is some reliance on explosives. We have four weeks now, though, of like an efficient, solid offense with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. So I don't know if I'm going to bet it, but but what are your thoughts there on that number? Yeah, I mean, that is a low total. Um, Like, (laughs) it's it's tough, man, because we've never seen – I don't think we've seen Zach Wilson put together two kind of competent performances back-to-back. But we never saw that out of Justin Fields, and we saw maybe him have his best performance ever today. So miracles against Vince Joseph uh, are definitely possible. Um, you do screw it, bro. I'm t- let's let's ride. Let's ride on this yeah, over. I, I love that, it. I love if if Tag Wilson has a classic <laughs> Zach Wilson game, we're gonna be like, yeah, that was just yeah. betting. That was Sunday night. Falling for Sunday night. We've all been there. Betting um, on the Wilsons that, can't go wrong. Plus, he played in Utah. He's a big altitude guy. Like he's back in his oh, element. Yeah. Like it's that's that was the issue actually. I think above sea level, <laughs> Zach Wilson would have been an elite quarterback. It's a, it's a sea level thing, um, in in MetLife. All right, we're riding the Jets Broncos over. Are we insane? All righty, uh, next game here we got the <laughs> game that probably have a, a, a total of fifteen points higher. Kansas City Chiefs going to the Minnesota Vikings. Would you make it? I went Chiefs minus five. I went five and a half. So, yeah, and the total is 52 and a half, which I, I kind of <laughs> like, frankly. <laughs> um, I mean, we know Mahomes against the Blitz. You shouldn't even blitz him. Uh, and I think they're probably still going to. Um, Minnesota was bad today. No, no, no way around it. I mean, especially for when you're trying to get your first win of the season. Kirk had a you know poor outing. He's been good so far this year. Was not good today. I don't know. I think the only takeaway is probably just the over over 52 and a half. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, the Jets defense is pretty good. Um, so, I, like, it's tough to really, like, kind of downgrade the Chiefs too much. But, like, there were, I, I like, I feel like you can agree. There were times in that game where it's like, what is Mahomes, like, what is Mahomes doing here? Even the, the pick that got called back to holding was, like, a weird, like, you just threw it up. You threw a corner route, just threw it up. And, um, yeah, you, you can't blitz Mahomes. I don't really know if they have the personnel to beat the blitz as well as they've had in the past. Like, you know, last year you had Nicole Hardman, who's kind of that burner. Rasheed Rice is kind of filling that role, and I'm not sure if he's like he can really do that. Um, I think I'd have to really look like just once all the data is finalized, like look at Mahomes' EPA versus the blitz and before really taking it over because I don't. I don't really think this is going to move all that much. It's already a pretty high total. Um, I also don't love taking the Chiefs here just because, again, I like. I feel like just watching their offense against non-Bears opponents, it hasn't been that pretty. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'd have to do a little bit more of a deeper dive. I will say the Chiefs defense is, you know, kind of impressing more than I thought. Right now they're fifth in EPA per play allowed, uh, also top 10 in uh, success rate allowed. So, like, this is a pretty good Chiefs defense. Um, uh, Dalton Reisner would be a huge upgrade over whoever the hell is starting on the Vikings off interior offensive line against Chris Jones. Um, so yeah, I think I, I'll I'll keep an asterisk on the over, but I need to like really look at some of the blitzing numbers from for the Chiefs this year. Yeah, you know, obviously the Chris Jones versus Austin Schlotman. And then if Ed Ingram keeps playing, which I, I don't know why you signed Dalton Risner, if not to replace Ed Ingram at right guard. Um, yeah, you probably talked me out of it. So I guess we'll, we'll table it. We'll table it. Maybe it'll be something we revisit midweek. Like you said, I think we could see him move to 50, 53 and a half, but it's not going to move to a number that if we like it, we're going to, you know, not feel comfortable betting anymore. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll table that one. All right. 
is the one I alluded to. Well, first of all, real quick, it is. I saw five and a half. I think. Yeah, I saw five and a half pretty much across yeah. the board. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No surprise to, to anyone who knows George. Uh, he wanted me to say the 49ers are going to kick the Giants' ass. The Cowboys are frauds. So that's the game we're at now. Uh, is Dallas <laughs> at San Francisco next week? What'd you make it? I went Niners minus three and a half. So I went on the number and George. Just said if it's at three and a half or less, I'm betting it. So I am seeing three and a half. Are you yeah. seeing that as well? I'm seeing three and a half. FanDuel and DraftKings are shaded towards the Cowboys. Um, yep. I would love to take this at minus three. Um, so I think I'll, I don't really necessarily see it going anywhere, especially since the Cowboys put a beat down on the, on the, on the Patriots. Would you agree there? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I'd be surprised if this moves. To, if it's like I, I'm with you, if it gets to a field goal, I am taking the 49ers as mm-hmm. well. This is a bet for George, regardless. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, he's a man of principle. Um, I think he was hoping it was going to be a field goal, but he said, "All right, well, I'll still take it." Yeah, I, I mean, I got to watch the actual the actual game tape back. I'm pretty. I'm sure it was a low A dot before. I think it was like eight yards, which is fine. But I mean, 20 of 21 for 283. Uh, and a rushing touchdown as well. McCaffrey with four touchdowns. The defense is going to definitely give Dak Prescott problems. And you can run on this Cowboys team. I mean, you really, really can. Uh, so McCaffrey probably going to extend that that streak to 14 games with a score. Um, I do. I think you see, you know, two powers of the NFC. Uh, and as much as I love Dallas coming in, we just have not really seen it. I think Sam Fran wins that one. But, yeah, no, no bet for me. Total of 45 and a half. I think that could go either way as well. All righty. Last game, we got Monday night. Yeah, right, real quick. Oh, we yeah, we got to yeah. just talk about how how good <laughs> Kyle Shanahan is. All right, yeah, I'll give some credit it. to Purdy because his grading is really, really good from this game. But Brock mm-hmm. Purdy averaged a 1.06 EPA per play, which means <laughs> every time the, so he dropped back 25 times, he added basically a point to the, the Niners every single time he dropped back. He also had a completion percentage over expected of 27.2%. So he completed, uh, he had a really good, like his, his raw completion percentage was, he went 20 21. Yeah, yeah. So he only missed one pass. So, yeah. like, again, the, the, the Cardinals are not a team that can keep up with the Niners star power wise. The Cowboys could. Uh, and you know they have a little. The the Cowboys also might hold a trench advantage on defense, but I also think Kyle Shanahan is the perfect play caller to take advantage of kind of like Michael Parsons' aggressiveness and similar to how um, Drew Petzing. Remember he like ran the ball at Parsons because Parsons kind of overran it. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan is going to watch that and, and just exploit every matchup that Dallas has on defense. Um, so yeah, I, again, if this hits a field goal, this might be like a two two point five unit play for me for next week. So real quick on Micah as well. I know he's played through ankle injuries like a half dozen times in his career, but he did roll his ankle pretty good today. I think he came back even in that game, but something to monitor. He might not be at 100%. Like you said, I mean, besides Trent Williams, he would annihilate any offensive lineman for the Niners, but um, might not be fully healthy. But yeah, there was a play where I think Debo Debo Samuel ran like orbit motion to the opposite side. There was a bunch uh, on the left side with Ronnie Bell and it was only like a seven-yard game, but it was just like you watch the play and you're like, the coach just gained seven yards. Like, not to take away from Brock, not to take away from Ronnie Bell. Like, it was just like <laughs> it literally he just schemed a seven-yard game. Like, it was just like, I don't know, he, he's ridiculous. Uh, we all know it, but he reminds us every single week. Uh, so, yeah, anyway. Uh, last but not least, a clunker of a, of a Monday night game. Uh, we got Jordan, you love to see it. Uh, at the Las Vegas Raiders, what did you make it? I went Packers minus one and a half. I just went pick them because I don't know anything about either of these teams. I assume Jimmy G plays. Obviously missed the concussion. Aiden O'Connell. I mean, the Jimmy. It's your Chargers. Jimmy G probably wins this game today. He had what seven sacks. Six mm-hmm. of them were Khalil Mack. Uh, <laughs> he had he fumbled three times, lost two of them, and then obviously had the interception. Uh, near the end zone to close it out. I mean, yeah, obviously it would have been a different game with Jimmy G, but in a, you know, dumb hypothetical transitive property, I don't think Jimmy G would have taken seven sacks and had three turnovers. But anyway, I think he will play. 
Devontae Adams, though, pretty banged up. Said he, I think it was his shoulder. I think he said yeah. it was like killing him. He's been dealing with injuries kind of the whole year. It's a not a revenge game. He basically asked his way out. But um, it is obviously – I'm sure he'll go if he can because it's Green Bay. Uh, what, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to bet the Packers here. Um, you're getting a team that's getting 11 days of rest. Um, and, you know, Jair didn't even play in the D- Detroit game. I'm hoping he'll finally be back. This is It's a big game, uh, especially because he's going to need to guard Devontae for most of the game. Um, yeah, the Raiders' defense was a little bit surprising. The Chargers kind of – walked all over them in the first half and they really put the clamps on in the second half. But that was mostly Max Crosby just blowing up plays, but he's not going to be able to really do that against Zach Tom. Um, I think who's, who's really a, a pretty solid right tackle. Um, I, I think the Packers, again, towards the end of that Lions game, we're moving the ball a little bit. Jordan Love wasn't that impressive, but I think he's good enough to kind of win and grind out this game. The Raiders defense isn't that good outside of Max Crosby. Um, and... Again, I think this is a matchup like Lafleur just just has the coaching advantage and from play calling and game management. Which Josh McDaniels, he he completely just didn't challenge a touchdown that Devontae caught on the goal line, and, and yes. he hurried. Up. The Raiders hurried up and didn't get the sneak. I'm like, what are you like? I, I get you want to save your t- like if you don't want to waste a challenge and lose a timeout, but like it's your it's a two score game. Like you should use that challenge. Instead, they went hurry up and didn't get the sneak. It was just – I just couldn't understand the coaching decision there. So I think they have the, – the Packers have the advantage there and also um, in the trenches as well. Like Rashawn Gary has been coming into his own, and we just saw Khalil Mack kind of tear apart this Raiders offensive line, which looked really good the first through two, through two, two weeks of the season, and now it's kind of fallen back down to earth like we all thought they would. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be taking the Packers here, and I think they have a lot of advantages. What was your thought, your your favorite draft pick you told me of the last decade for the Chargers, Jerry Tillery revenge oh, yeah. game today? Was that the was that the dumbest late hit of the season, we think, so far? It was the dumbest, but also like probably the most premeditated hit I've seen so far this season. Like he was you could like I I, I wish I, I can see like the close-up view, just see his eyes, like how you know, how big they got when he saw Herbert rushing towards the sidelines. I actually think it's a it's a bad thing if he gets suspended for the Packers. Like you, if you're the Packers, you want him to play in this game. You just run straight yep. at him, and you'll get Elton. Or I'm hoping Elton Jenkins will come back. But you just run right in that interior, and it's an easy five, six yards every single time. Yeah, yeah. No, it was just I've never seen him. So Max Crosby, like as the hits happening, is like, what are you doing? And I don't think I've ever seen that where the teammate was like, that was the dumbest hit I've ever seen as well. Yeah. So. Probably an asterisk because a lot of injuries in Green Bay. You mentioned the offensive line. Both Aaron Jones and Christian Watson kind of didn't play, but that was a Thursday game. 43 and a half here. I mean, I mentioned Joe Barry an hour ago. Uh, him, Matt Canada, like you have a competition of like craziest retention of the offseason. They're definitely both on the list. That's probably the top two where like you're actively hurting your team's playoff chances by not just bringing in somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you, you could find some other names in the list, but – 43 and a half. Look, Jimmy G with, the, with this offense, Bill's game was not pretty, but they've moved the ball pretty effectively. They they are going to be able to run the ball, I would imagine, um, mitigate some of that pressure. Like you said, the Raiders' offensive line has certainly fallen back down to earth. Rashawn Gary's still on a pitch count, though, played about 25 snaps on Thursday. And then on the flip side, like we just talked about, I, the Packers are, I mean, Matt LaFleur alone is going to scheme up 20 points here. Kind of like the over 43 and a half in this one. Yeah, I think I think the the over. I, I was also looking at that. I guess it just depends on whether. I mean, Jimmy G should come back, right? Is what you're saying? I would imagine so. So he was he was in stage four of the concussion protocol as recently as Friday, which is like you're doing non-contact practice. Which I also think kind of bit Aiden O'Connell. I would imagine he may have been taking first team reps. Uh, I don't know for certain, but maybe it wasn't even team stuff. It was just individual. But anyway, I should probably learn that because I I don't know O'Connell obviously struggled, but but anyway. I think it'll be Jimmy G and 43 and a half for these two offenses, you know, Green Bay gets an extra, what, I mean, sheesh, like 11 days before this game coming off a Thursday game. Christian Watson against, I mean, any of the outside corners, Marcus Peters or uh, Jacorian Bennett or whoever will, will be, you know, doing whatever he wants. The run game here I like. I'll put it down. Well, well, not even an asterisk. I don't even care if it's Aiden O'Connell. He's going to bounce back. Everybody knows it. 
Preseason oh, we gotta, we also, before we before we wrap up, we gotta give a shout out to our guy Devontae Adams for cashing our over yes. five and a half catches lock of the week, which he got in like a, a quarter and a half. Um, yes. coming back from a I thought a shoulder injury that would have knocked him out, but just absolute beast. Uh, yeah, so shout out to Devontae. <laughs> for sure. You gotta shout out Tay Adams. Yeah, we were we were panicking and it wasn't even close. But he hit like nine, I think, by the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also because the Chargers just we're playing off coverage on every snap, but you know, that's, that's the chargers. So yeah, that's the chargers yeah. way. All right. Yeah. The spread here, I'm seeing Raiders plus one at DraftKings. You seeing that most places mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. yeah. All righty. Cool. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. Uh, the two man show, the guest, the lines, we'll get everything updated with the uh, discord and the, and the, um, the season long contest. We did have a good week. We'll obviously publish the article, but we had a good week. I think a winning week for the midweek locks of the week. And we're waiting on the over 45 slash over 47. I think we double dipped on the Seattle Giants uh, over uh, tomorrow night. So, uh, yeah, we'll catch you all Wednesday. Thanks for joining us.